Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. What I'm chasing is I don't. I never say I'm chasing a, a player. I'm chasing that I, I don't want to have any regrets when I step off this football field. Um, and I understand how lucky I am to be in this organization. I understand how lucky I am to play with guys that are going to be Hall of Famers. Um, and so when I look back at the end of my career, I don't want to look back and be like, man, I didn't give everything I have to, to win to win Super Bowls because of the great people I have around me. And so uh, when I get done with my career, I just want to make sure that I, I know that I gave everything I had on that football field. Welcome back, Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Tom Thayer in for Molly today. That was Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, you recognize the voice just as much as you do as number 15. And I think that, Tom, there's a lot going on today. I mean, we will get to all of it. Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, but you are here and you you can relate to this Super Bowl week as well as anybody can in town. And I just want to get your perspective on we talk about stakes and we throw the, those terms around pressure and and what the, these players have riding on the outcome of, of Sunday's game. And during the pick six, we had a question that addressed who has the most at stake Sunday among the quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts. I think it's Jalen Hurts only because I don't think we uh, commonly accept him for what he is as a quarterback. And I think the next level of legitimacy will – arrive when he's a Super Bowl champion. So I think that's at stake for him. Patrick Mahomes can be a loser on Sunday, and the Eagles can celebrate, and he's still going to be the best quarterback in the National Football League on Monday morning. You didn't agree with that necessarily. Why? Uh, You know, just because I think that Patrick Mahomes – you know, you, he talks about the supporting cast. He talks about the Hall of Famers. He talks about what, you know, he wants to be the best player on the football field when he leaves the football field. And, you know, when he won the Super Bowl before he got that new contract and you were able to have more supportive talent around you, once you got took that contract and you understood what the ramifications are with your supporting cast, there is a lot more pressure on Patrick Mahomes to to succeed and lead these this team to a Super Bowl. Now, you saw what Todd Bowles did against Patrick Mahomes a couple of years ago and put him on the retreat during the entire game. They lost the game because of it. Now, if they figure out and formulate a plan how to do it to him again with the Philadelphia Eagles, then all of a sudden now you got Patrick Mahomes who yeah you're paying an, an enormous amount of money in a half a billion dollar contract but if he goes out and loses this game now it kind of changes the positioning of Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes 
because Jalen Hurts is an up-and-comer. And if he goes out and he wins the Super Bowl, now he's 1-0 in the Super Bowl, and Patrick Mahomes will be 1-2. But do you give more credit to a player? I, and I'm not saying you're giving credit, but by that, by that measure, players who don't reach the Super Bowl are almost safer in terms of evaluating their careers and, and holding them in high esteem than ones who get there and lose. I think that Patrick Mahomes, we always say that if he's chasing Tom Brady, he's got to win this many Super Bowls. I, I find that nonsensical because I think that it's difficult enough to get to this point. You, you won the AFC. You won the AFC, and you are still the best player in the National Football League. I don't know that losing a Super Bowl is going to hurt his stature. No matter what happens on Sunday, he still is who he is as a player. Um, who do you hold in higher regards, Aaron Rodgers or Jim Kelly? Aaron Rodgers. You do. Okay, do you remember the K-Gun offense that Jim Kelly used to run with the Buffalo Bills? Okay, Reed and that group, Thurman Thomas. Yeah, okay. So for the kids that listen to your show, Jim Kelly is a quarterback of the past, came out in my era, but he lost four Super Bowls. But he was still probably one of the most explosive quarterbacks in the AFC at the time. And he ran an offense that was hard to defense because it was all on the rhythm and the timing of of Jim Kelly. And so, you know, here's a guy that he's a Hall of Famer and he's held in high regards and he lost four Super Bowls. So if Patrick Mahomes wins one in his career or Aaron Rodgers wins one in his career, are all of a sudden these guys like the greatest quarterbacks that ever played the game, even though they've only won one Super Bowl? And if you go back and you look at what Jim Kelly was able to accomplish, and he lost four Super Bowls, and he kind of ran a high-octane offense before octane offenses were really in the NFL, unless you're thinking of Mouse Davis and the run and shoot, which Jim Kelly perfected as a member of the Houston Gamblers. So I, I just think there's a lot of conversation um, because Patrick Mahomes has always been, has, has already been anointed the best player, the best quarterback in the NFL. I just don't know if that's the case yet because Todd Bowles was able to take advantage of him in the biggest game in his career, and I'm interested to see. But don't you think that Todd Bowles took advantage of the relative weakness and the injury status of the Chiefs offensive line more than he took advantage of Patrick Mahomes. Because I think Patrick Mahomes, going back to the game specifically, he did some things that were nearly heroic in, in, in keeping the Chiefs competitive with an offensive line that couldn't keep the Bucks off of him. Well, he kept them competitive, but they were never, you know, winning the game to going, okay, I, every, now this is all easy street and Kansas City is just going to, you know, continue to add up points. It was that Todd Bowles had to go out and try to go mind to mind with the offensive coordinator and how to bring the right amount of pressure. Because with Patrick Mahomes, even if you have some susceptibility in the offensive line, if you bring the wrong pressure and you show it too early, Patrick Mahomes I, is going to make you pay. I, I think. Uh, you're making sense, but here's what here's what's bothering me about the whole conversation. And this is, I, and I acknowledge this is maybe a blind spot for me. I think that we tend to give too much credit to to quarterbacks of championship teams, and and we hold them and and give them a status that maybe they haven't fully earned. Is Trent Dilfer a better quarterback <laughs> than some quarterbacks who have never won a Super Bowl because he was a passenger on the Ravens train that wasn't going to be stopped? I don't know about that, Tom, but, but we're going to hold him in a higher, higher regard and quarterbacks who have won a Super Bowl or maybe a, a couple Super Bowls, but they not, may not be as good or skilled or as accomplished as guys who were just great quarterbacks on average teams. 
Yeah, I uh, listen. I'm I'm not putting uh, Trent Dilfer on the top of any <laughs> totem pole, along with some of the uh, who was the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Bucks when they won. Brad it, which, Johnson. Yeah, Brad Johnson. Guys like that. I'm not putting these guys on the on the Super Bowl totem pole of great quarterbacks. And there's some quarterbacks that are going to be on that totem pole that have never won a Super Bowl before. But you know, I I think um, you know, you just have to. You know, even Patrick Mahomes said it. You know, he's still a young man in in a young career. I, I guess this would be an interesting conversation if we have it in five or eight years from now to see where Patrick Mahomes ended up and then what ultimately happened to guys like Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields and some of these other talented quarterbacks. So Jalen Hurts, what is riding on the outcome for him? How do you view him and his ascension? And, and what do you think that if he wins – what happens to his career if he loses? How different will that be? Well, you know, on the midst of a big contract, you know, he's going to be the next two hundred plus million dollar guaranteed guy. And if he wins it, it's going to be a no brainer. Everybody in Philadelphia is going to be calling for them to sign Jalen Hurts to that new contract. And then, you know, that will factor out in the business decision of what the type of supporting cast that you can keep around him. Then it puts more pressure on him. But I, I do. I think Jalen Hurts' arrow is pointed up. And um, but I, I think. I, that's the thing that I'm going to enjoy about this game the most is they both have solid supporting casts around them. So it's not only how Jalen Hurts play or only how Patrick Mahomes play is how do they fit into the game plan from their offensive coaches, but then how do they compete against the defensive coordinator that is you know going to be calling plays against them as much as the offensive coordinator calling plays for them? You mentioned uh, Jim Kelly. Who is the best quarterback to never win a Super Bowl? in your mind is he at the top of that list I, I I think of Jim Kelly and I also think that you can relate to this a lot of the uh, our audience might not be able to or, or fans of a certain age will Fran Tarkenton was right. there four times right that's like what Jim I was Kelly yeah I was good that's what the next name I was going to mention would be Fran Tarkenton because become becoming a young fan of the NFL at that point and watch what Fran Tarkenton used to do and how difficult it was for teams to sack him or running down he reminded me of a young Russell Wilson um, and, you know, with that kind of that escapability and then turning it into a big play. But, yeah, you know, Jim Kelly and Fran Tarkington got, have to come to the forefront. I want to get your opinion on this Bears-related topic because it's something that Mark Grody and I talked about yesterday, and I don't know if it's the fairest of questions, but it is an interesting one to me. Can you name anybody on the Bears currently a player in their top 22 that would start for either the Chiefs or the Eagles? When you look at position by position, I think that it, it, it speaks to just the how far the Bears still have to go. We want to look for takeaways. We want to look for parallels. And I think it's difficult because of how great the disparity is in terms of the talent level. We saw it firsthand when the Chiefs visit or the Eagles visited Soldier Field in December. And I don't know, Tom, if there is a Chicago Bear who you could look at and you both teams' depth charts were in the Super Bowl and say, yeah, I'd take him over this guy. Would you take uh, Goddard over Cole Komet? You yes. know, you think about the tight end position. Okay, that would. that would that would be the only player that would come to mind. It's a good comp, me. though. I mean, I guess it's closer than you might think. I think Cole Komet can be that kind of an impact guy in this in this offense if he continues to improve the way. If he takes as big of a jump between next year – as he did in this past season, 
Yeah, you might be in, in, in similar territory. What about Dave Montgomery? I, I don't know if he's explosive enough for either uh, offense because he's a guy that you can be – he's dependable. He's not going to go down easily. But I don't know that he is uh, somebody that you would say, oh, yeah, if they only – if they had David Montgomery, that would be an upgrade. Well, this is the reason I asked that because I was – playing different scenarios in my mind last night. How weird is that? But I was thinking that the first team in the Super Bowl that rushes for 70 yards is going to win the game. Because if you have a strong rushing attack in the first half, and so that's why I'm not looking for 70-yard touchdown runs out of Dave Montgomery. I'm looking for first downs out of Dave Montgomery. And if you have that type of offensive line and the other weapons around him, you may open up more possibilities for a guy like David Montgomery and how ferociously he can run in the late third and the fourth quarter. I think it factors out in the game. So I still believe 70-yard rushing, whoever gets there first is going to be my benchmark. That's a good thing to look for on Sunday who gets to 70 yards first I think the game will come down to as we alluded to in the pick six the Chiefs ability or inability to stop the Eagles defensive pass rush that to me is where much like the Bucks took advantage of a compromised chief offensive line and forced Mahomes and neutralized that advantage I believe the Eagles have the capability of doing that as well regardless of how healthy the Chiefs offensive line is only because they come at you in waves, yep. whether it's Hassan Reddick or Graham or whatever the case may be. They've got pass rushers inside. They've got pass rushers outside. and They've got a scheme that will come at you aggressively. You know, in, in 1986 and 87, we played the Washington Redskins in the first round of the playoffs. So Washington Redskins throughout the season, they play a four-man defensive line. Uh, and you kind of start becoming in tune with that, and that's how you formulate your game plan. Then we play them in the playoffs, and they come and they play a five-man line. So that completely changes the construction of the pass-blocking responsibilities, and in some aspects, you know, we are confused at times uh, against it. Philadelphia can do that. They can take what they've been playing all season, and they can put a completely different plan of attack up at the line of scrimmage. And now you got guys that are trying to communicate on the line of scrimmage. You got the quarterback that's trying to re hold his cadence to make sure everybody gets um, their assignments sure and make sure someone doesn't run free. So I, I look at Philly defensive coordinator try to use some creativeness as much as anybody can because they have the depth to do it. And that depth helps make the secondary better. Right. And I think when you look at the question that I asked you, is there any player on the Bears that could start for the Eagles? My mind went to the secondary because there's some guys back there that you could potentially look at starting for the Eagles or the Chiefs. Jalen Johnson being at the top of the list. I think we look at him, and even though he didn't have any interceptions last year, he is a guy that had challenge after challenge that the opposing team's number one receiver, he would be the guy more likely than not who would be assigned to cover him throughout the game. Jalen Johnson, to me, would be probably the Bears' best defensive player in terms of looking at would he start for a Super Bowl team? Could he start for either of these two teams on Sunday? You know, Jalen Johnson, you know, he's kind of fortunate in the fact that there's so many other rookies playing against uh, the Bears that Jalen Johnson is rarely going to see the, the number one receiver because they're going to try to match him up with one of the inexperienced guys, Kyler Gordon or Jaquan Brisker. Um, but, you know, I, you know, if Jalen Johnson is the second cornerback for the Philadelphia Eagles and now he's getting attacked more frequently with a better receiver, will he be able to hold up to his end of the bargain? Because if you're going to bring up Jalen Johnson, then I'd have to bring up, even though he's a rookie, Jaquan Brisker, hmm. because he's 
He can play the third level. He can play the second level. He can line up on the line of scrimmage. He can be more of a Swiss Army knife where now you're trying to make the guys that have blocking assignments that vary depending upon who is in their in in their field of responsibility or back. I think Jaquan can do that. So Jalen Johnson is in Arizona. And speaking of his value to the Bears, CHGO's Mark Carmen tracked him down on Wednesday and talked to him about many things. But one of the things that came up was the Bears have all the salary cap space, $92 million to spend this offseason. Taking care of their own has got to be a priority for Ryan Poles. And so Mark Carmen asked Jalen Johnson about his status and where contract negotiations might stand in terms of an extension. So, so it sounds like those discussions haven't started yet. I didn't say that. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) That's why I was clarifying. All good. good. So so they have started at least a little bit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Definitely conversation. And and in a perfect world, would you like that ideally figured out before you go into the last year of your rookie deal? Oh, 100%. I find out that's always the goal, um, to try to restructure after three years. And I feel like I have a good enough body of work to, I feel like, for at least for that to be a negotiation. Um, And I feel like at the end of the day, if the number's right, the number's right. Um, and if it's not, just really continue to move forward from there. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not pressing anything. I'm not desperate for anything. At the end of the day, I feel like I know who who I am. I know my trajectory in this league. So I mean, I would love to stay in Chicago. Love to get that extension, and I thought like that'll be the best thing for me. But if it doesn't happen, I'm also not not in a in a hole either. Jalen Johnson talking to CHGO's Adam Hogue and Mark Carmen on Wednesday about having talks with Ryan Poles about a contract extension. Tom, locking him up makes a lot of sense. It's just what is the price? Yeah, I agree. But you know what? The thing about it is going back a couple months ago, I listened to Jalen on the radio, and, um, you know, he's already talking about contract concerns in the midst of – in the middle of a season, and as horrifically as this season was going – you don't need to address that. Like he said, it'll take care of himself. If he's determined by Ryan Poles and the defensive staff and Matt Eberflus that he's a good enough player to reinvest in, then they will because, you know, they're in a fortunate side of that salary cap money. But has he proved to these guys without getting interceptions, with being injured – has he proved the guy that it's going to be a marquee cornerback that everybody's been telling him he is, is for the he last a fourteen couple- million dollar a year cornerback? Is he a ten, north of ten million dollar a year cornerback? Is he a guy that's going to you know make you uh, go away from him if you're an offensive coordinator? Is he that kind of a guy? No, and that, that's the thing about it. I I need to see significant improvement by Jalen Johnson. I need to see his ball skills improve to the point where he's turning incompletions into interceptions and. Um, and, and I like Jalen. I, I think he's been a he's been a great guy since he's been here. Um, but you know, I I need to look at I I need to listen to his representatives and what their financial expectations are because I'm not paying you as the top cornerback in the league. But unfortunately, every that's everybody's been saying about him since he's been here that he's got such this skill level that he's got to be considered one of the better of the league and just because you have the most space of any team in the nfl under the salary cap doesn't mean you have to spend all of the money right or doesn't mean you have to overpay for your own well you, you know you're in a set of precedents because in a couple of years kyler gordon jaquan yeah. brisker and the rest of these guys They're are going are to come up they were you're, paid you've already overpaid eddie jackson so you know i i have concerns about that as well when we come back howard griffith is a two-time super bowl champion he also has some local interest involved in 
creating a football program at Chicago State. There's a lot to talk to Howard Griffith about from the Big Ten Network, and we will do that when we return. Tom Thayer in for Mully. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning right now families and small businesses can save up to 20 percent versus at&t and verizon when they switch visit your local t-mobile store today plan savings with three lines of t-mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary tight end set up for the broncos howard griffith the ball carrier puts denver ahead touchdown broncos they're really keying on Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis goes one way. He's used as a decoy. And in fact, they just come back to Howard Griffith. You were talking about Howard Griffith, and now they're kind of sliding him the ball tonight. In 18 games this year, you know, including the playoffs, yep. he'd only carried the ball four times. He's already carried it three times tonight. They let him again. And there's four. So in this game, he's equal to what he's done the whole season. And he just scored a touchdown. His second touchdown. Yeah. Holy moly, Howard Griffin is going to get something. <laughs> Welcome back. Molly and Hawk, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Tom Thayer in for Molly today. Great highlight for our next guest to uh, get nostalgic about hearing from John Madden and Pat Summerall. Boy, that was going way back, but he's a two-time Super Bowl champion, and he joins us now on the Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas Hotline, home of the world's largest sports book, from the Big Ten Network, Chicago's very own Howard Griffith. Good morning, Howard. Good morning, fellas. How are you doing today? Doing well. It's great to take a trip down memory lane. <laughs> 25 years ago, 
was when you won your first Super Bowl. And I imagine when you see this time of year that you get a little nostalgic, but maybe especially celebrating this anniversary, Howard, what's going through your mind as you kind of get ready for Sunday? You know what, it's, it's always a fun time. Uh, you know, whether you're seeing uh, highlights or hearing highlights like that one, uh, it just brings back some good memories, uh, you know, things that you accomplished, things that you, you set out to do as or you, you set out as goals as a young person, and you finally, you know, have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. And it was a great time. And I still uh, cherish some of the memories that um, that were created, you know, 25 years and 26 years ago. Hey, Howard, when you t- when we t- listen or we talk about Brock Purdy this year being Mr. Irrelevant where he was picked in the seventh round and stuff, you were a ninth-round pick, two, pick, yeah. <clears throat> pick 236. So on the day of the draft, were you saying, okay, this is just a product of fullbacks, or were you thinking, man, whatever team I go to, I, I'm going to you know etch my name in there so I have a jersey on, on game day? You know, I, I think, you know, there's always disappointment. I, I think as a player, you, you think you're better and you see that, uh, you know, where some of the players that are being drafted ahead of you um, are, are taken, you know, you, you get a little upset about that. But I, I think that's just part of the process. Not everybody can be a first rounder. And nor that I think I was a first rounder at that point uh, in my career either because I was an in-between, I was a tweener, what they call a tweener. You know, whether I was quick enough to play the tailback position of big and physical enough to play fullback, so – I really spent um, I really spent the first couple of years just trying to get my legs under me, and I was fortunate enough to be on some practice squads uh, in Buffalo and in San Diego and be around, you know, some some really talented and, and Hall of Fame type players. And I really took those two years to to try to develop into a fullback, and you know, it ended up working out. So yeah, you get upset about it, but you know, you still just have to try to work as hard as you possibly can uh, to make a team because really for me. Making the switch to the fullback position was about me wanting to have a career in the National Football League, and I knew that was really the only way I was going to be able to play at that level. Joined by two-time Super Bowl champion Howard Griffith here on the Mullen Haw Show. Howard works at the Big Ten Network, and obviously looking ahead at Sunday's game, Howard, you look at the strength of the Eagles' lines of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and you look at the greatness of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, you wonder – which way this is going, it's going to be a great game, I anticipate. What are you expecting to see, and uh, and have you made your pick yet? I haven't made a pick yet. Yeah. I, you know, it's always interesting, right? Something There's usually a bump in the road for one of the teams uh, when, when it comes up when you're working your way up to the Super Bowl. Um, but I think it all starts up front. It starts at the line of scrimmage. If you can control the line of scrimmage, that's going to set you apart because no matter what, um, you can have all the skill sets that Patrick Mahone has, but you have to be able to protect him. You got to keep him upright and sure when he gets outside of the pocket, he can make things happen. Uh, talented players on both sides, but for me, this game has to be won in the trenches. And really, I think the team is able to to really be able to run the football with some consistency. I'm not saying they need to run for 250 yards, but if you can run it with some consistency, that's going to give you an edge because at some point you're going to have to be able to soft clock away. You know, Howard, when you look at the two quarterbacks, and if you think of Patrick Mahomes' ankle was enough of a factor where it, it took away a little bit, a little bit of his escapability, or you look at Jalen Hurts with a shoulder issue that maybe take away a little bit of his designed runs. Which injury do you think that could possibly have a bigger factor in the overall big picture of the team's success? Yeah, I think mobility is always a big part of it, and you need your, you know, your lower extremities so 
I, I think that, you know, if you tweak the ankle, you know, you can have some problems with mobility. You talk about as a quarterback, you need to be able to follow through. Everything starts with your with your lower body and particularly your feet and what position that they're in. So I, I think I'd rather probably have a little bit of the shoulder because I think you can still maneuver around that. The ankle becomes a problem because I think with the ankle, it kind of also forces you uh, schematically to change some things up because maybe you need to keep an extra person in to make sure that the quarterback stays upright. But I think it's one of those things. You know, we're, we're going to see as this game plays out, neither one of them can afford to take some big shots and, and re-injure uh, those injuries that they have right now. So that's why I go back to if you can stay upright and stay clean, uh, that's most likely going to be the quarterback that's going to have the most success. Howard, shifting nationally to locally, you and Tom here are part of a committee at Chicago State University studying the viability of establishing a Division I football program. That was news that broke last month. You guys had – there was a mm-hmm. press conference announcing uh, the committee and, and maybe what to expect moving forward. What was your interest in being part of this potential project, and how realistic is it to expect Chicago State maybe to create its own football program? You know, I think we're going to find out. This committee is going to come together. And it's, 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 there's a wealth of knowledge that, that's on this committee along with athletic director Dr. Carroll, Carol, who, who I think is really going to, to do the best job we can to bring football to Chicago. But for me, the, what, what draws my interest is the opportunity for young people. Right? I, I think that on the south side of Chicago, what that could do for the economic viability of that community would be huge. I'm not saying that that anybody's going to build a 50,000-square-foot stadium over there, but I still believe that when you talk about having Division I football, that's going to bring resources into that community. That's going to give not only football players, but but I think when you look at Title IX, that's going to give women's athletics a boost as well as far as other sports that the Chicago State is going to be able uh, to then offer. And to me, it's about opportunity giving our people an opportunity to, to be in a great city, uh, get, a, get a really solid, good education. Those are, those are also the things that really interest me. Because there's so many players that leave Chicago or don't really get an opportunity to play. And I think more, the more opportunities you can give our young people, the more opportunities you're giving our society to really have some people who can make a difference in a lot of people's lives. You know, you know, Howard, one thing I think that's neat about it is because years ago uh, in Joliet, they had the College of St. Francis, and Gordy Gillespie, mm-hmm. my high school coach, yeah. left and went and started the program at College of St. Francis. And I like the, what you're talking about, the economic impact, the incentive it can give some local high school kids that may yeah. think that their options are going to end after high school, then they have a program that starts in their community that they can go and support. And I think it's yeah. any time that you can bring a group of people together uh, that affect all the sports that you're talking about, mm-hmm. I think it's an important step to investigate and take and, you know, try to support your community, like, like you said. Yeah, you know, Tom, one of the interesting things is when I think back about Chicago State, Chicago State is actually the first college campus I ever walked on. Um, and, and I go back to when there was summer league basketball, uh, I believe Michael Jordan had just been drafted by the Bulls. I mean, Mark McGuire, Isaiah Thomas, the stars that played in the NBA always came back and played in the summer league. And when that summer league was at Chicago State, for me growing up on the east side of Chicago, I would hop on the bus with a lot of my buddies and go to Chicago State and spend the whole day over there 
watching these great athletes go up and down the go up and down the floor. But but my point is there are a lot of people that all of a sudden started to believe that, well, you know what, maybe I can do this too. Maybe I can go to college too because there's a college right there in your background and sitting on 160 acres, I believe. You know, there's so much that can be done. And, and I think, you know, athletics, as we all know, that's the, 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 front, the front porch. A lot of people talk about the, being the front porch of, of a lot of universities. And when you can have a successful athletic program or successful football program, enrollment increases. People want to be around that. And, you know, I, I've always thought Chicago State was, was a sleeping giant. And, and, sure, they've gone through their troubles. They've had their issues, but they've been able to weather the storm. And, and I think they're now in a position where they now can take advantage of it. And to get to this point where you can at least uh, put a committee together that's going to come up with a recommendation that I know we both hope that we can bring Division One football to the Chicagoland area. Howard, if only there were a vacant football stadium where they could play um, in the <laughs> South Loop. <laughs> There's one, right? There looks like there possibly will be one. Probably way too big, right? And I think you look at schools like, and you mentioned College of St. Francis, you look at St. Xavier, the, the schools that have really been able to have some success, small schools that have had success on the playing field, and, and you wonder, wait, you know, maybe this can happen for Chicago State as well. Hey, Howard, last question for me is the head two head coaches going into the Super Bowl. You got one that has a world of experience and he's got a reputation that precedes itself. And then you got an up and comer, a guy that has a little bit more of an attitude on the sideline. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's two different personalities coaching these football teams. So are you going with the guy that has a world of experience or a guy that's kind of burst onto the scene? Hard, right? And I think when you look at the way both teams are made up, the makeup of them, you look at the, the veteran staff that, that's really over there in Kansas City, and, and you mentioned just the just the game experience that you have to be in this game and to understand what to expect. A lot of times you want to go with that veteran coach, right, that's been there, that staff that's been there and seen it and done it all, uh, because it's new. It, it, is, it is a new opportunity uh, to get there, but Sometimes it's good to have uh, that attitude that, you know, it's just another game. It's not. We all know it's not just another game. But to have that attitude and to go out and really um, be able to put, test your skills because you're testing your skills at the highest level. You're going against a great coach. I, I think it comes down to ultimately, you know, as we talk about those five affordable plays that happen in every game that change the outcome, uh, you've got to be able to make those plays. And that's what happens. I think this game stays tight early. And then I think one of the teams that, that's going to pull away come the fourth quarter and really salt this thing away. So for me right now, I would lean with the experienced head coach that's been here, seen it all, and understands what he's walking into. Great stuff, Howard. Thanks for your time this morning. Thanks, Howard. All right, fellas. Enjoy the weekend. Have a great day. Howard Griffith from the Big Ten Network, also part of the Chicago State Exploratory Committee on whether or not to have a Division One football program in town. Great stuff there from Howard. We're going to shift gears a little bit here, Tom Thayer. Do you want Russell Westbrook on the Bulls? There are reports that he will be bought out after the trade to the Jazz. The trade deadline is at 2 o'clock this afternoon. The clock is ticking loudly in AK's office. We'll find out exactly what you want. 312-644-6767. Tom Thayer in for Mully. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. The other thing to consider, guys, when you talk, look at the Bulls roster is they really do not have a lot of 
trade capital. Welcome back. It's Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Tom Thayer in for Molly. That was Casey Johnson on our show earlier this week talking about the Bulls and what they have to offer and whether or not they would break up the big three. Okay, people, if you're just getting up now, a little groggy, didn't pay attention to last night, a couple things happened. Number one, big trade with the Lakers. The Lakers go out and get D'Angelo Russell, bring him back to Los Angeles. Part of that deal, three-way trade with the Timberwolves and the Jazz. And what you need to know in Chicago is Mike Conley is not coming to the Bulls. He's going to the Timberwolves. And Russell Westbrook is going to Utah where he's likely to be bought out. So he could be available. Before we get to those ramifications, also Kevin Durant. Yeah, he's going to Phoenix. He's on his way for the Brooklyn Nets who are dismantling, taking themselves out of the playoff equation. Traded Kevin Durant to the Suns. But in the context of the Bulls, are they going to buy, are they going to get in the bidding for Russell Westbrook as was reported by Chris Haynes? From TNT and Bleacher Report, the Chicago Bulls are interested in signing Russell Westbrook should he secure a buyout from the Utah Jazz. League sources tell Chris Haynes. Do you want Russell Westbrook in Chicago? No. I mean, and, and it, this is not even a question that I'm going back to the front office of the Bulls and kind of debate whether he could help your team at this point or he could turn into such a distraction that you may have to get rid of him again. So I I just, I don't know what they're looking for. And, you know, even when you reference the big three in Chicago, (laughs) it is the most underwhelming big three. You kind of cringe when I said that. Yeah, I I know. Because I'm trying to think, okay, who's my third? Or, you know, if, if, if Ball was healthy, would he be a part of the big three? Or, you know. I I think if Ball were healthy, and that is like, we vowed never to speak of that again because of how unrealistic it is to say that he's going to be. But, Tom, if he were healthy, we wouldn't be talking about trading the big right, three. Right, That's what I know. And that we're in this conversation because, like Casey said, do you have the draft capital to make some moves around the league? No, because no one is here wanting to, to buy any players off the Bulls roster. And, you know, and like I said, when you talk about – you know, that whole big three thing that's fouled, I, and I don't know, was it created by LeBron and when he's going out there and Chris Bosh and yes. Wade down yes. in Miami? LeBron created the idea of, number one, yeah, the superstars kind of collaborating together. Maybe you, need, you don't need two, you need three. So maybe the first big three was the Miami triumvirate, I suppose. He, he created the age or he empowered players to move around to put themselves in the best position to win a championship. But I don't know if the Bulls' big three deserves the capital letters. No, it doesn't. That's why, that's why I cringe. And, and then you think about, you know, if, if all the pieces were – if everybody was healthy, then, you know, maybe you could start the outside conversation of it. But, you know. Uh, our guy Peoria Matt uh, texts in, <laughs> bring on Westbrook and the chaos. You would be inviting chaos yeah. into your locker yep. room. I think at this point of his career, he's not the Russell Westbrook that Billy Donovan coached in Oklahoma City. I understand that would be the main reason that you would take a flyer on Russell Westbrook at this stage of his career. And frankly, at this stage of the Bulls season, you have reached the desperation phase of the season. Desperate times call for desperate measures. If you bring in Russell Westbrook to Chicago, you're declaring this to be 
the desperate times that we just described. Is, is Billy Donovan going to have to change himself to coddle Westbrook more if he does come aboard? And then does that offend the other guys that have been here now for a couple of years or trying to build this thing into something they can be proud of, management and player? Probably so, I, because – you're, it's a different era. It's a different time. He's been traded four times since signing his contract extension with the Thunder. So it's a long time ago. He's not the guy that is the MVP candidate any longer. He's, he's expendable. The Lakers got rid of him for a reason. They look at this as addition by subtraction. So I don't know how he changes the course of this season. And especially, especially if you have to make some moves on your roster and on your payroll the way you would have to conceivably to make room for Russell Westbrook. Is he immediately a starter if he comes aboard? And then whose minutes is he taking away? I think that's less of an issue because of the lack of – because of how badly the Bulls need a lead guard. Right. They do need a lead guard. Maybe Isles would be reduced. Maybe Kobe White's a little bit cut into. Dragic wouldn't have to play so much. Maybe Dragic would be less important. But, Tom, I go back to that's a theoretical argument because what you need on the Bulls is a shooter to space the floor. But you've got to – nobody has told Russell Westbrook he's no longer a good three-point shooter. I think he's still going to be jacking them up from, from behind the arc in Chicago, I just don't think he's going to be making them to the point where it's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. You, you know, when, when you watch the Bulls and you look at a guy like Vuk and you look at Io, you, you get Io who attacks the rim more than this seven-footer does, and you got the seven-footer that's sitting outside shooting three-pointers. You know, it, it kind of looks like there's a little bit of um, – you know, you got the short guy attacking the rim, and you got the long guy sitting outside, the tall guy sitting outside the three-point line. And, you know, and that's what confuses me. Do you want Westbrook, what do you want him to do, attack the rim or sit outside? I, I think that you want him to be an efficient, impactful player that I don't know if he is at this stage of his career. I want to be fair, though. I want to look at his numbers this year. I don't want to overstate how big of a liability this seems like it would be to me. But in 52 games, Russell Westbrook is averaging 15 points a game. He's shooting 29% from three-point range. He's shooting 40, 42% overall. I suppose those numbers are better than I think I expected them to be upon further review. But I just don't know at this stage of his career if it's worthwhile going in this direction. What is the plan if you're bringing Russell Westbrook in at the trade deadline? The, it, it, water? It, it doesn't seem like there is a, a, there is no plan because ultimately your plan should always be to try to win the division and then get into the playoffs and have sustainability there. This, Westbrook is not going to be a part of the Bulls if and when they get this thing turned around. So, you know, to bring them aboard – I don't know, what do you want to do, sell jerseys or you want to steal some, you know, marketing time? You, you know, I, I just don't think when you got Peoria Mike sitting there saying, what do you want, the chaos? No, I don't want any more chaos. 312-644-6767. Call or text what you think about Russell Westbrook coming to Chicago and maybe playing for the Bulls. What would that cost? What is it worth? What about Kevin Durant? Do you think this is – uh, the move that puts the Suns over the top, or maybe you just want to talk Super Bowl. Like, I'm curious to get Tom Thayer's opinion on the value of a head coach, whether it's Nick Sirianni or maybe Mike Ditka. If you have a roster so good, 
that maybe the head coach is not as important or impactful as he needs to be on some rosters. We'll talk about that next. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.